You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, the podcast for marketing professionals in higher education. Join us every week as we talk to the industry's greatest minds in student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where marketing in higher ed is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. My name's Troy Singer. He is Bart Kaler. And today we talk to Philip Smith. He is actually a fractional CMO, also the founder and CEO of Education Marketing Agency. I love trying to say what the overall topic of our conversation is at this time. But Bart, as you know, Philip just delivered so many wonderful practical tips that can be taken away from any marketer that hears it, I'm just going to say it's an overall great marketing conversation that everyone will be able to take away something from. Yeah, he does such a great job. He's got a he's got a process in place. It's a five part process of of what he calls student intake optimization, and the idea of uh, he calls it SIO. The idea that you're going to do these five steps to optimize your marketing plan to really impact you know, getting more students into your program, which I know is kind of a key point or getting the right students in. And so I think he does a great job of unpacking that. We talk a little bit about video, we talk a lot about video actually. And then we talk a fair amount about fractional CMO, the idea of a lot of schools being able to bring in experts that have, you know, a broad experience across a lot of different schools and the value of that as well. So it's a really good conversation and, and, and really, like Troy said, rich in depth of, of some practical advice. Here is our conversation with Philip Smith. Philip, I think I forewarned you, we kick off each episode by asking our guests to share something that they've learned recently that you feel would be interesting enough to share with our listeners. Do you have something? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, is it something that has to be education related or is it just any kind of fun or interesting facts? Anything you want. Okay. Okay. I have something. Recently, I was on a trip with my wife to Paris and we went to a Sacre Coeur. It's, it's a very large, white, dome-shaped, beautiful uh, church, massive, uh, beautiful church on a, on a hill overlooking all of Paris. It's very, very high up on a hill and it's quite a religious, devout place. It feels very, um, certainly feels that way. Um, so we went to this beautiful church. I had a look around with my wife, um, a, a beautiful look at the city. And uh, we came out of the church feeling very kind of uh, in awe of what we'd seen and, and felt and the experience of it all. And we, we, we turned to our, our right just to leave. And the first thing we seen uh, was an Irish pub just sitting there uh, directly across uh, from the church. So I think uh, my fun fact might be this. I think there's an Irish pub wherever you go, uh, perhaps uh, in the world. Thank you, Philip. And I'm sure people can tell that you have a little bit of an accent. So if you would give us your 30 second introduction to yourself and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Philip Smith. Uh, I'm calling in here from Ireland. Uh, it's a very wet, uh, typical rainy day here. Um, I work with colleges as a, as a consultant and a fractional CMO, and I run my own marketing agency uh, to help colleges to grow their student numbers as well. 
Thank you, Philip. And one of the topics we're going to cover is the rise of the fractional CMO because my co-host Bart also offers those services. But the reason why we wanted to talk to you specifically, well, two, one that you offer a strategy for optimizing student intake that we feel is very interesting and feel that it should be shared. And would love to have a conversation with you about that. Can you introduce the concept and maybe tell us what those five steps are? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So originally, just for the background of it, um, I was the group director of marketing and sales for a group of private colleges in Dublin in Ireland. Um, in that group of colleges, there was a further education college, a professional college, um, a private high school and a language school as well. Um, I worked there for several years and we were able to grow the student numbers uh, by thousands in that time. Um, when I left there, I wanted to work and do the work I'd done there for other colleges and universities. Um, and I put together a strategy based off of the work I've, I did there, um, which I now call the SIO, the Student Intake Optimization Strategy. Um, it's a five-step strategy and really focus around optimizing the, the student intake for colleges and universities. It's the real core areas I, I feel and have experienced that help them to get more students. That's great. Could you kind of walk through those five with us just yeah. to kind of give us an idea? Because I know that uh, you know one of the things that I know worldwide, I mean, we've talked to a lot of experts in the UK and Australia yeah. all around. I mean, getting more students to come to college is often one of the key goals, that one of the metrics that's measured for marketers. Yeah. And so any kind of strategy that you might have to share would be awesome. Fantastic. Absolutely. Well, for me, this is really a kind of direct um, enrollment strategy. It's really focusing on how to kind of really optimize what's already there and, and get more direct enrollments. Um, obviously, universities, they have other methods of, of getting students, you know, recruitment fairs and, and getting students from agencies abroad and so on. But this is a real core kind of five-step um, solution for just optimizing direct student enrollment. Um, so the five steps are, step one is zero, uh, conversion and optimization of the website. Step two is improving the social word of mouth. Step three is the ad optimization. Step four is optimizing the sales and admissions process. And stage five, or step five, is optimizing the SEO for, over the website for the university as well. So let's talk first about that, you know, what you called CRO, conversion rate yeah. optimization. So we're talking about the website, mm -hmm. trying to optimize how much we get the conversion from the website. So what are some tips that you kind of look for or what, what are some of the things that you are kind of looking at a website that you say, hey, we can optimize this? Yeah, so there's quite a lot there. There, there could be 100 or 200 or more different touch points and changes to a website yeah. and we're optimizing it for conversions. But a few key ones that I think are good takeaways. Um, for a lot of university websites, they are um, have huge amounts of content. They have huge amounts of text, content, a lot of pages, and, and typically there might only be a small portion of that actually dedicated to the courses itself. Um, so it's really even when the, when you come to the website of the university, it's trying to find the courses. Quite often I found it difficult to find the courses I'm looking for at a university website um, because there is just a content overload. So there's a lot of content on offer. There's not always, it's not always clear where the courses are, how to find the courses. Mm -hmm. um, so the navigation is a big part of it. You know, trying to find the course pages and make it easier to do that is is, is certainly um, one takeaway. The next really is when you go to the course pages is to have the right content there and to have urgency. And um, urgency is something that a lot of universities haven't historically done a lot of, but it's becoming more and more uh, prevalent, I think, uh, in the sector. 
Um, so when I say urgency, it's things like having perhaps a special offer or a value added addition offer uh, to give a reason to enroll now. Um, so that could be a, a discount on price or it could be you know an added um, an added course or something in there that just makes it a bit more of a, a no-brainer to do this now or you know showing the places left in the course so you know just transparency of how many places are left and um, an enrollment deadline just trying to create a, a more sense of why should i do this now why should i enroll now in the course and um, so the urgency the navigation the content and then really it's just the, the the real copying content that is on the course page often the course pages i found on universities are full of loads and loads of content but right they're not always really just speaking about the outcomes perhaps of the course or or what will i become from this course if i do it yeah i love that because it's it goes right along with a lot of the things that we talk about mm -hmm. i know we had bob johnson on a few episodes ago talking about websites and you know he he made the big argument that you know there are some key things that students want they want to be able to find out do you have my major which you're talking about courses yeah. you know they want to find out you know can i afford this and so that's a big part of that tuition and having those incentives in that as well and then and then many times they want to just find out am i going to fit at this school and so being yeah. able to understand those things and i think a lot of what you've just talked about is optimizing that for the student in mind for the for the end user and as I, I love that point about adding that urgency adding some of those you know fear of missing out some of those other psychological mm -hmm. elements that we need to sometimes we miss in marketing because i think to your point too many times these pages end up being more of just a version of the catalog or the version of of, of the prospectus yeah. instead of actually making it more about a marketing tool that can can get get some students in so okay so we got that conversion rate optimization the second one you talked about was social word of mouth unpack that for me yeah so it's really Really, how do the universities and colleges engage on social media? So there, there's a lot of ways to kind of quite easily and quickly just improve how really the PR and how the university is seen online and on social media. And um, so, you know, such as allowing students to share their certificates. So, you know, a lot of universities still don't have a digital certificate, for example, that is easy for the student to share. So essentially, you know, the student's able to receive it, their certificate digitally, say through email, and they can click a button to just post it onto their Twitter or their LinkedIn or their Facebook and, and share it on social media very easily. So things like trying to just allow the student to share their experience of the certificates online. And, um, you know, platforms like LinkedIn, I think are really, really uh, underrated, even in terms of how much they can add to the, the online presence and the, the kind of social word of mouth of the university. So, you know, making it easy for students to add their university or their, you know, their qualifications onto their LinkedIn profile. Everyone that then sees that that LinkedIn profile has a good chance of seeing that that uh, qualification then. And, you know, if the average LinkedIn profile gets a few hundred views even every week or month, you know, all of those people onto that LinkedIn profile will see that this person that they know has got that qualification. And for me, there's kind of a very good word of mouth effect there, where if someone say gets a, a degree in graphic design and they have that qualification, if they share that qualification, then, you know, more than likely they're sharing it to an audience of people who are all, you know, possibly working in the same sector, who are also interested in that. And, and they're giving their, um, their seal of approval, essentially, that right. they should also do this course. So just try and engage with that on social media and, and, you know, get the alumni talking about the university as well. 
Yeah, I love that. And and it's interesting because a lot of times I think schools especially miss the opportunity on on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and and that word of mouth. I love the fact that you said, you know, um, you know, social word of mouth. I mean, a lot of people just put social media, but I like the fact that you've added word of mouth to that because yeah. then it becomes this idea that you're you're encouraging them to tell their story mm-hmm. and you're encouraging them to share just basically who they are and what they're about. And I, I've worked with a lot of schools and I find it interesting whenever I ask them when going back to what we talked about, the, the optimizing the website, sure. putting, putting those outcomes, putting those social proof, the testimonials on those major pages or the course pages so that they can understand, you know, Hey, here's, you know, Troy Singer took this course and this is what he had to say about it. Um, I think that using this social word of mouth and using that on LinkedIn especially is going to be a really good thing. And I know we talked with the folks at Memory Fox a few episodes ago about collecting those stories and then being able to distribute those on, on social media as well. So I, I love that as well. And I love the fact that you've opened that up to word of mouth. So that third one, you know, we talked about CRO, the conversion rate optimization on your website, yeah. social word of mouth. The third one you said was ad optimization. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so a lot of the work I kind of focus on is I, a lot of I think what when I see kind of different people selling maybe ads or, or services like that, they talk about creating campaigns and you know that 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 journey of it, which is which is great. But what I focus a lot on is just optimization. So just taking what's already there and just improving it. And um, so a few examples to me is say if you're already running campaigns and either advertising the programs, even just looking at you know, connecting more of the message we're trying to portray on the website to the ads. So is there urgency in the ads themselves? Um, is there any form of offer? Or is there any kind of reason to 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 click that link into or to, you know, fill in that form and to learn more? And, um, you know, I think that there's just typically on a lot of the ads at the universities I've seen is, you know, they, they might run a, an ad that just says, you know, degree in, in, in history, whatever it is, enrolling now, learn more. But there's not really a kind of, why should I learn more now? Or, right. or, or what's the what's the what's the real reason to do this now? You know that, that has to be something kind of I think a bit more to it than that. Um, so it's 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 again it's trying to add a bit of urgency into it. It's trying to give more value. Um, and I also think there's a few ways to make the ads I think more engaging, such as using video and things like that. There's a lot of graphic posts just going around. There's I've seen something happen in the education sector. And I, I don't know if it happens in other sectors, but there is this kind of overuse of stock images in the education yeah. sector. And often if you if you if you check different um, ads or websites of different universities and colleges, they're using the same stock images and it's, it's like, yeah. well, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. You sometimes if you're gonna use stock, you need to kind of scroll to the third or fourth page before you make your selection <laughs> yeah. on that. So yeah, yeah I, I think too that your your point there is is well heard on the the ad optimization. I think that I've had a lot of conversations recently. Uh, I've got a partner that's doing a lot of the yeah. uh, the ads for us. And you know, there's a lot of confusion sometimes that I think um especially this happens with smaller, smaller schools where they wanna get into ads, they're doing yeah. a lot of pay-per-click or SEO or, or, or not SEO, but pay-per-click or social. Um, and they, they end up going with somebody who doesn't have a lot of higher ed experience. And so they're selling it more as a brand awareness type mm-hmm. of thing. And while that's important, it's not much different than, you know, buying billboards in your city. And sometimes those are important, but at the same time, especially for smaller schools, because your audience is a little bit smaller and niche, uh, getting ads optimized so that they're actually creating leads as opposed to just brand awareness, 
I think is really important. And, and are you seeing that sometimes with smaller schools in the sense that the way that they're doing that ad spend, you know, sometimes it's too focused on maybe brand awareness and could be more focused on on actually making those leads happen? Yeah, definitely. And um, it, it, it'll lead me to the next point then with the sales process, but there's certainly, there's this focus on, on getting leads. We need to get leads and applications, but it, it's really about, you know, what's the quality of these leads and applications and are they actually becoming students at the end of it, which right. um, I think sometimes gets lost in the, in the, in the noise of, or the need of wanting to get just a lot of leads or clicks or, or views. So once they get that lead, you know, how are you looking at from a marketing standpoint to help that sales process? Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about uh, the education. I, I, what I think partly it is, is because universities just have such a high volume of, of leads and sales potentially as well. And they're just, they're such busy kind of businesses as well. But what often the sales and admissions process is often, I think it, it, it could be greatly improved in a lot of ways. Um, you know, the response times that you get, the personalization, you know, often people are using emails like info at admissions at, you know, there's no, there's no face behind who I'm actually talking to at the university. Right. There's a lack of consideration of, you know, there's a lack of kind of question asking about, well, why would you like to do the course? And, and you know, how can we help you to do the course? And it's more, I tested a lot of different uh, universities, admissions and, and, and sales um, strategies they have. So through ads, lead forms and through the website more. Uh, you know, lead forms and and really often what I would get is maybe an email a few hours later that was very very long, and um, from kind of someone that didn't really seem to really be interested in me as an individual about why would I want to do the course more just give me kind of a, the prospectus in copy and paste into an email and the email is you know thousands of words extremely long and then often then I wouldn't hear back from them again. And that would be it. They, they would have just sent me that one big long email right. and, and I never heard from them again. And it, there wasn't a lot of kind of nurturing there to to come back to me and, and try to help me to uh, become a student. Yeah, I think that's that's something I see a lot, too. And, and sometimes I think that because schools don't like to use business terms, mm. um, academia has been a little bit resistant to use the word customer or sales or you know, we like to talk about prospective students and yeah. the enrollment cycle and, you know, and so I think that, you know, sometimes sales training and, and just the basics of, you know, following somebody up and, mm -hmm. and, and really kind of landing that sale is, is often missed. And I think that's a, I, I like the fact that that's a big part of your process as well. And then your mm -hmm. final one, I think was SEO. So kind of tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, again, so it kind of goes back to this point of optimization. So when I work with any university or college, they're always working on the SEO or the website, the ads. There's always something in process or being worked on. But it's really about just looking at kind of what the current strategy is and, and how are we optimizing the SEO? And, you know, what, what do the meta descriptions look like and, and what's the kind of message we're putting out there about the programs? There's a, there's a really good opportunity in the in the education sector for SEO because we can optimize all of the course pages. The, the websites are full of content. We have a lot of pages we can optimize for content to rank online, um, particularly the course pages. And it's very easy as well to kind of put through a good strategy within content to the keyword relationship there that if someone Googles, you know, degree in business, we can optimize our the page very well for that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's partly about how the, the university is, is really going about their SEO optimization and their content strategy. So there's a lot of things. And I think SEO was probably, it was probably a, a new area to me a few years ago. And I've been, get, been getting more and more 
into it over time. But there's a lot of kind of new SEO strategies that work extremely well, like optimizing old blog posts and old content and and kind of looking at the current content strategy that, that that's being done. And, you know, there's a lot of things there, I think, that can make SEO perform a lot better. And I think that SEO for universities and colleges is is really important in particular because we need to be discovered organically by people searching for the courses and and seo i think often i find there's an seo strategy in place with colleges and universities but it's just not actually really there's not a lot being done they're they're kind of ticking the box rather than aggressively working on their seo with a with a good long-term goal in mind that's great. I really like those ideas and and just the way that that would you know kind of play out. Those are those are five really really good points. Yes, thank, thank you for going through those for us, Philip. You are also known, you and your agency, as being mm-hmm. proponents for the use of video to maximize recruitment sure. engagement, and just would love for you to share some of the things with our listeners that you share with the universities that you work with. I've established um, Univid, um, so really Univid is really it's it's very much it, it is what it says it's it's video for universities. Um, when working with universities over the years and colleges, I found more and more that there is a massive need for for video content, but there's a lack of understanding of how to do it properly, how to do it effectively and afford affordably, and and then how to use the video as well when they do have the video. Often I've seen universities record graduations and different events and the video is is nowhere to be seen. It, it's on a back page of the website somewhere that you, you'd find hard to even discover. Um, so I've set up uh, Univid um, with with some partners of mine to, to, to solve this for universities. And we've done videos now for a lot of leading UK universities, such as University of Leicester, University of Greenwich, University of Lincoln, a lot of different universities and we've helped to optimize their video. But... In terms of how to use video effectively, which I think will be of interest to listeners, video for me is um, an extremely strong tool, I think, for, for, for universities that they need to uh, adapt more to. Um, universities try to convey a lot of information. They try to tell a huge story and, and text is too much what video um, correctly um, communicates the right story to people. Um, Harvard University, if you look at the Harvard Business School uh, online, I think their uh, website is a really good example of how to use video effectively. Their website is really covered in video. There's videos of lecturers talking to camera about the program. You know, there's there's videos about you know, why to do the program, explaining the program, the course content. The, the, the video is kind of giving a, a look into the university and into the program and why you should do the course. And I think that's that's important and missing from a lot of universities currently. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think that video is kind of often underrated or it's used in, I mean, everybody knows that they need to do video. And so mm-hmm. they'll they'll do the, you know, the drone shot on the on the homepage yes. behind the main benefits, or they might have, um, you know, a, a quick video of a talking head on something. But I think that doing it, but, but a lot of times those end up being like a eight to nine minute video mm-hmm. that people aren't going to watch. They're going to bail after the first two and a half minutes. And so I love the fact that you, again, use the word optimization. I mean, it's, everybody knows that we can do video. We can Mm -hmm. use our, our smartphones to, to, you know, record good quality video. You can, you know, invest in a couple things on Amazon to get Lavier mics and a few other things. But I love the idea that optimizing it and doing it right 
takes a little bit of skill and takes a little bit of, of direction. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of helped me understand that, you know, we talked earlier about optimizing your website you sure. know, for, for that, uh, you know, the con- conversion rate optimization. How does video play into that? And, and, you know, let's just use like one of the course pages or the, the majors. How do you see video kind of playing out on a page like that? Yeah, fantastic. So there's a few ways we introduced to universities about how to use video. So first we break it down into different types of videos. So what videos for the website to increase conversions, videos for the social media, organic social media videos, videos for paid advertisements, and then more videos to do with course content, live events, and then shoot and recruitment videos as well. And so trying to break down different types of videos they can use. For the website and for course pages in particular, there's a few really great ways to use video there. So having, again, the lecturer speaking about the course program at the top of the, the course page there. So when you go onto the course page, instantly you see the person teaching the course, you get to understand their knowledge and get a bit of familiarity with them. And they explain the course to you and, and what they're teaching better than anyone else can. And I think that captures people's imaginations, having students talking about their experience of the of the program and, and why they did it and why they enjoyed it. So you're seeing the outcomes and, and, and why people really enjoyed it. You know, I, often people have those kinds of things in text format and um, what video just delivers the message better than anything else. It's more engaging. And I think if we look at the use of platforms like TikTok now, where universities are trying to move onto there and create video and scrambling to create video, video is definitely the, the future of engagement and, uh, and, and trying to tell the story to prospective students. And I think the idea of, uh, you know, AI is kind of the, the rage right now. A lot of talk yeah. about chat GPT, about Bing, about Google, how Microsoft's going to be using this and everything. But I think one of the things that's going to happen is we're going to see a lot more AI in creative places like video and, and things like that. And so taking, you know, an entire video of a two hour lecture, running it through an AI engine and then being able to come away with clips that you can use in these different places. I think that as long as Schools need to understand the basics of video and basics of how those yeah. you know, different elements that you talked about, web, social, you know, using that in, in all these different places. Um, but the tools are going to keep enhancing so that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be more cost effective and more efficient to do those things. But if you don't mm-hmm. know what you're doing, you're going to have a challenge with that. So how do you kind of help come alongside some of those schools to you know, help them understand how to use these tools better? Yeah, certainly. So one strategy we've we've implemented, uh, certainly in terms of trying to create strong, engaging videos for social media, particularly for platforms like TikTok, is to is to have the essentially train them to be able to do it themselves and to and to be able to get their students involved in that work as well. Students have a great understanding of of, of TikTok and social media. You know, they engage hours and they use those that platform and others quite a lot and they're able to understand kind of what they like to see and what other students would like to see as well so giving a bit of training to the university and to potential students there to be able to to use video and how they can use it can go a long way in terms of them just creating nice good engaging quality content on the fly on a regular basis because you you need a a team to go in and create the the really you know, I would say kind of fancy kind of video for the lecture videos and student testimonials and really, you know, state-of-the-art high quality right. video. But when it comes to t- something like TikTok, you need to be producing video several times a week if on every day. So it's really more about the, the the quantity and then less so on on the you know the device you said use a phone, but how can we make a, a nice short, interesting video using that? Yeah. And I think that the idea too of that authenticity sometimes needs to come across with that TikTok and the social media videos Mm -hmm. where, you know, sometimes a a phone that's shaking a little bit 
delivers that authenticity yeah. as opposed to the real slick, you know, uh, testimonial videos or, or other parts that the professionals might come in and do. Earlier in the conversation, Philip, we mentioned the fractional CMO, and I think mm. it's self-explanatory, but would love to tee up a conversation between you and Bart since both of you offer these services, but in two different countries. So, Philip, mm -hmm. if you could give us a brief description on what it's called, where you are, and the types of services, and maybe between the two of you offer your opinions on advantages and why more schools can benefit from this concept i think cmo is more so probably an american term it's 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 used less i find in, in ireland and, and in europe and the uk but certainly that that is the job you're doing it's you're coming in essentially as a part-time probably more marketing manager marketing director is the term we use here but you're coming in as a part-time cmo a part-time chief marketing officer to help just optimize work on the marketing and um, what i have done a, a a bit more recently is I've changed the narrative a bit to call it student growth consulting um, because I think, and perhaps it is because fractional CMO was just used a bit less here, student growth consulting is, it, it kind of relays the message to people um, easier about what I'm doing and, and, and what's going to happen. Um, so I think that has helped a bit, but it I think it is really effective for universities to, if, if you take an expert such as Bart or myself, someone who's worked across many different institutions, there's a kind of knowledge or experience you get rather than if you've worked with one university for the past 20 years. And that's not that you won't have great skills and achieve a lot doing that, but you'll get to see a lot more working across an industry than just for one company within the industry, I think. I think that's a really good point, Philip, because I think a lot of times, you know, that that vast experience and and while it might be it might be a little bit more I don't want to say shallow versus deep. Mm. It, you you do see a lot more. And so you see a lot more options on what could be done. You see a lot more ways that you could pull levers that, you know, that you might not see if you're just in one place. And so I think that's one of the things that I've seen a, a great benefit when I, when I work with my clients on that is the idea that, you know, because I, because I am working with 20, 30 other clients at mm. the same time, and those might be micro colleges, they might be large institutions. Mm -hmm. There's a perspective that comes with that, that I think is a little bit different. Um, I don't know too, if, I don't know if you've been experiencing this, but I often find out at least with some of the micro colleges that I work with. And I don't know if everybody's familiar with that term, but it's basically a college that has less than 300 students. Yeah. And so there, there's a lot of micro colleges here in the United States and North America that I work with through some different organizations. Um, they have the same needs. They do the same thing that, you know, some of the schools that are listening might be, you know, big R1 schools that, you know, just imagine, you know, taking that, you know, you know a department that you have and that becomes the entire college. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the challenge is sometimes for them is that they, they wear a lot of different hats. So you might have somebody, you know, I've got one college that basically is the president and the you know, the registrar, there's, there's two people that are on staff <laughs> with all the professors. And so, you know, they're swapping hats of, you know, I, today I'm the president, but I'm also doing social media, but I'm also doing admissions and, and, uh, coming along someone's with, like that to be able to say, okay, from a marketing perspective, let's do these things. Let's move this around. Let's look at mm. optimizing some things and, and kind of get creative with the ways that we do marketing. Um, that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is just coming alongside with what you said with that perspective that I think is so valuable to sometimes. And so I don't know, how, how do you feel like that sometimes schools that might not have big marketing departments, mm -hmm. how does something like this service help them? 
Yeah, I, I think they probably need it more even because the the, the universities and the, the larger institutions will have things running well and you're, you're optimizing, making small changes here and there. That's just making things run a bit more effective where if you take the smaller, more medium sized micro colleges, you mentioned uh, often, you know, they might not even be doing SEO at all, for example. So right. often they won't actually be investing any uh, resources into an area. So it can be more the case of, okay, we need to launch the ads or, or to really get that moving better at all, because there might not be any current strategy there, or the current strategy might be, you know, using, say, a small ad spend. It might be, you know, they might have slow response times because, again, they've got a, you know, a shortage of staff. So there's more kind of bandwidth issues, I think, in terms, you know, in terms of trying to cover the work needed, um, which I think so. I think they need more help, if anything. But, you know, they're, they are, from my experience, they're a pleasure to work with as well because they're they're very grateful and they're very optimistic and hopeful for what they want to achieve. And it's, it's great to have them as well. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think one of the things that you mentioned there that's kind of uh, fascinating for me too is the fact that they often will kind of have a perspective that they see what the bigger schools are doing yeah. and they think, oh, I see those billboards of the state institution. I need to have a billboard. Yeah. No, no, you don't yeah. need to have a billboard. Um, because of the the market, the niche is so tight sometimes. Mm -hmm. Just getting into the 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 conversations of your prospective students or those influencers are it's a lot easier to do it, you know, on a small scale. You know, just an example that I'll use for, you know, with some of the work that I do, I do a lot of work with some faith-based schools. And so, mm. you know, the idea that their prospective audiences are often sitting in churches close by, well, one of the strategies is building a relationship with the influencers, sure. the pastors of those churches, as opposed to feeling like you've got to advertise to everybody in the city. Not everybody in the city is going to be interested in your particular school. Mm. So you go where I call them watering holes, go to the watering holes <laughs> where your prospective influencers and students are. And that can be applied to a lot of different places. I mean, you know, if you're if you're a healthcare type of facility that you're doing, you know, are into BSN types of things. Well, guess what? Hospitals are a really good place for that. So figure out a way to build relationships with the with the hospitals and the HR yeah. departments at hospitals. And so the idea of really trying to kind of niche down into where you are, as opposed to thinking that the marketing that works for that school is going to work for your school. And, and I'm sure you run across that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I find more so um, there's a great opportunity in the niche uh, part of the education sector as well, where for the smaller, medium-sized institutes, I think sometimes I've found they're better focused on a certain niche. Um, you know, I've worked with the Data Science Institute, for example, and, and and working with them to just niche down in that particular area for a small college like that is it's more effective than trying to take on the whole uh, market to just do, oh, we'll do data science and data analytics and this and this. And it's like, right. it can be effective to just niche down and focus on one area or one locality and one discipline first and then then have the dreams about maybe doing uh, something bigger yeah i think that's a great great point philip thanks Brett. philip if we can ask you for one additional piece of advice that we can end the episode with that a listener could hear mm -hmm. and maybe implement rather quickly at their institution do you have something that you can offer yeah, I think the biggest kind of point that I'd, I'd really um, put put through is to is to really across the website, the marketing, the sales, just try to speak to the needs of the prospective student. Um, often, if you if you look at a university website, it's it's kind of designed to look almost like someone from another university is looking at it and they want to impress the other university where right. just think of the prospective student when, when it comes to content, marketing, sales, just think of their needs and try to cater towards that as much as possible. And I think you'll have more success in growing your student numbers. 
Philip Smith, founder and CEO of Education Marketing Agency. Thank you for offering all the wonderful practical advice that you gave our listeners today. If someone would like to contact you, what would be the best way for them to do so? Yeah, if you, on LinkedIn, I've got um, about 13,000 followers or something on LinkedIn. So I've built up quite a large audience there. So if you just, if you search my name on LinkedIn, Philip Smith, hopefully I should pop up there um, or even just go to the educationmarketingagency.co website or philipsmithcmo.com uh, for my consulting. Um, and if you, if, you, if you send in a short message, I'll be quickly back in touch. Thank you. Bart, do you have any parting thoughts that you would like to share? Yeah, I've really enjoyed this conversation with Philip. So thank you so much for being on the show with us. And a couple of things I just wanted to kind of point out. I mean, though, I think the five steps that he had at the very beginning with the conversion rate optimization, really looking at your website, making sure that it's optimized for, as he said at the very end, prospective students, it needs to be optimized for that, not for your faculty, not for the other you know schools that you're trying to impress. It needs to be optimized for your mission fit perspective students. So kind of think through that. The second thing that he talked about was social word of mouth. So really utilizing social media, utilizing it more as a word of mouth tool rather than a than a you know a, an amplifier for your public relations mm -hmm. or just another advertising way. Figuring out how you can optimize that for social uh, word of mouth, I think was brilliant. The third option that he had there in that five step strategy was optimizing your ads. So whether you're spending five hundred dollars a month or fifty thousand dollars a month, really trying to look at how you're optimizing those ads to really be most effective for your prospective students. Talked about the sales process and how important that is in the enrollment funnel to make sure that it's not just a you know one call. And and then, hey, I, I checked my box to say I, I followed up. It's that nurturing and kind of keeping that conversation going and how as marketers we can, you know, inject into that in the comm flows and the way that the email nurturing happens and things like that. And then finally, that idea of SEO, kind of taking the content that you have, optimizing it for search engine optimization, really making that really important. So really those five steps, I think, are the key to this conversation. Really enjoyed the conversations that we had about video and, and fractional CMO, but that all kind of tucks up right underneath those five elements that he really kind of outlined. And, and so really encourage you to go back, look at the show notes, look at the transcript and, and just kind of think how that might apply at your school. And uh, obviously, if you if you want to go deeper with that, you know, you've got Philip's contact information as well. So um, really enjoyed having you again. Thanks so much, Philip. My pleasure. Bart, Troy, thank you so much. Yes, Philip, Bart and I are grateful that you joined us. We're also grateful for our sponsors, Kaler Solutions, an education marketing branding agency, and by Ring Digital, a digital marketing firm delivering ads directly into the devices of the valued mailing list within your enrollment funnel. On behalf of Bart Kaler, my co-host, myself, thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. The Higher Ed Marketer is a production of Kaler Solutions and Ring Digital in partnership with Westport Studios. Views and opinions expressed by guests on The Higher Ed Marketer are their own and may not reflect the views and opinions of their organization. Know someone who's a mover and a shaker in higher ed marketing? Visit www.higheredmarketerpodcast.com and click on our Contact Us page. We'd love to have you tell us about them. Until next time. Oh, <laughs>